JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh the dickens. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. That would be Lamar Jackson out of the gun. Three receivers go left. Now he's going to take off and run right side. Looking to pass. Now he's past the line of scrimmage. He's at the five. Sidesteps a player at the three. And then crosses the goal line for a touchdown. Lamar Jackson with a rushing touchdown. That's his first rushing score of the season. His 25th of his career. Jackson again over the middle. Screens it upfield. This time it is Kenyon Drake. Drake inside the 30. A flag is down. He lost the ball near the sideline. It's around the Colts 20-yard line. And I think the Colts have it. Minshew. Rolling to his right, steps up, slings it downfield, walks it in, and it's a catch for a touchdown. Zach Moss on a fade. Jackson on a quarterback draw. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he's in there for a touchdown. His second rushing score of the ball game. Third and 11 at the 1, 2.05 to go. Colts trail 17-16. Minshew in the end zone. Backs to throw. In trouble again. And the ball comes out. The ball is in the end zone. And it's recovered by the Colts, Quentin Nelson, and that's going to be a safety. This is going to be a 53-yard field goal here from Matt Gay. He's already connected twice today over 50. From 53 and 54, 53 again. Snap. Ball's on its way. Has the distance. And it is good! It is good! Measuring the kick is Gay. Waiting on the long snap. There it is. Placement. Kick is on its way. It has the distance. It's up. And it is good! Why? <laughs> Colts win in overtime, 22 to 19. That's not so good. I think Rick jumped in there too with the DY there at the end. Colts Radio Network. And Matt Taylor right there with uh, fantastic calls to that game yesterday. And I get to a lot of things regarding the game itself, but 
That's what I'm talking about in terms of uh, overperforming and underpromising here. And then at the same time, you entertain. And I know I constantly brought up in the offseason, man, this really needs this season-wise to be like the Pacers and what you witnessed last year. You started out very low with very low expectations, and then you ended up in December being excited, talking about trade value and all this stuff. What are they going to do with the trade deadline? You know, locked in to maybe players on this team you haven't been locked in in a while. 33, obviously, I'm talking about that. Just really excited about it. That was the feeling I got yesterday. Anybody else get that? Like Rick Venturi sent me a text earlier today and said, when you talked about that, that is right on the money to this point. And it is right on the money to this point. That's exactly what you did. You are over-delivering. And you undersold it, not making any big promises or proclamations here. Just winning a couple of football games, winning one that nobody, including everybody at this station, myself right now included, thought that you were going to win. Man, that's that's when you can make some magic happen. That's when you can have some fun. Believe me, if you consistently win, there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, that's fun as hell. But there's just something enjoyable, is there not, about being the the underdog, the surprise? Isn't there something special about that? I mean, believe me, I like the era in which they were the favorite going into basically every game. And then you had this level of expectations always, but that's not the situation right here. Now, the situation is you are trying to build this up. And let me tell you this. I I mentioned this scenario last week. You know, what if? I give you a what if. What if Gardner Minshew goes in, Gardner Minshew has a nice afternoon and leads this team at the quarterback position to a win? What's going to happen on Monday? What's going to happen with that thought on Monday? What are the Colts fans going to say? Now, now our Colts fans going to tell me, yeah, push back Richardson a little bit longer. And I thought what you really got yesterday. Now, again, all bets are off if you win three consecutive, I guess. But what I got out of yesterday is that it, Gardner Minshew was okay. Gardner Minshew wasn't great. Gardner Minshew led his team. But really, Gardner Minshew in that situation yesterday gave you no thought of there to be a change if, again, Anthony Richardson's good to go coming up on Sunday back at home against the Rams. I mean, really, yeah. in terms of the talk, you, you got the best of both worlds working. All you can do is talk about your team and their performance yesterday. There were some really good moments, some incredibly odd moments. But the drama absolutely dripped from that game yesterday. And regardless of how many Baltimore had out, you go in and you did something that basically most most of the NFL universe thought would not be possible. And again, that is not a backhanded compliment at all to Gardner Minshew. As I've said all along, he knows. He knows his role. 
Now, you guys know this as well because you're lucky you have local radio around here. We get to tell you every day about that. We get to tell you what's right about that. You don't have to listen to national radio talking about the stinking Jets all day. See, that's why you want us here forever because outside of us, nobody gives a crap about what you guys care about. That said, that was the best of both worlds. I mean, really, it was not a perfect performance by any stretch, but the way things worked out from a Colts standpoint, and I'm just not necessarily talking about in the moments in Baltimore in which they won, but I mean, think about it in terms of any sort of argument that you have to have. What kind of argument are you having right now? You know, what's the other side of this? Normally, you always get on Monday and you end up making something out of nothing. I think you had the opportunity maybe to do that. It's why I mentioned the what ifs last week with Menchu. I just, to me, it is clear who should be, but it is also clear why you were savvy, why you were genius, and you went out and brought this guy in. 27 to 44 is not great. 82.3, the quarterback rating. He did throw it uh, for a touchdown. He didn't turn it over. And I think Kyle Hamilton is still blitzing and sacking him here or there, or at least rushing him. He got sacked five times altogether. But with that in mind, that was the type of performance that was necessary to get you past that team in Baltimore. And there's really no evidence that, oh, wow, look how much better these guys are without. But again, you compliment Minshew because the dude is doing his job. Give you an example, and this is not at all a slight on somebody that I like a great deal, and Alex Golden was setting the pace. Of course, normally we're talking about the Pacers and the NBA, but he had, had sent out an X or what is formerly known as a tweet suggesting that the Colts maybe think about trying to, you know, look at the Jets, for example, or some of these teams that are in need of quarterback play. And I think specifically the finger pointing was at the Jets. And then you can see what you can get. And I just respectfully disagree with that. Minshew's home. This is why Minshew is here. This is why he's brought in. When you look at the past with Gardner Minshew, the past is not his ability to be a winning, consistent starter. His ability is to come in and calm the waters. And from Pulp Fiction terms right here, chill all these, you know what's out. Everything's going to be okay. Didn't have a great stat line yesterday. But I think he still brought that to the table in a starter, a backup as a starter role. I think that's big to this group. I do. Got whacked a couple of different times. Once it looked like he got the wind knocked out of him. Got right back out there. But his value at its highest this season in the NFL, gang, it is right here. Right here. Because the other part of the issue is you've got a quarterback that hopefully comes back against the Rams. Now, Shane Steichen earlier today says that Anthony Richardson, along with Ryan Kelly, still have to pass through concussion protocol and be cleared and then practice and then play. 
So there's still a chance, maybe not. We'll see later on this week. But his value in the NFL right now is here. And it's a high value because you're talking about a rookie quarterback that hasn't finished both starts and the third he didn't play. You tell me why in the world you would want to suggest or think about trading that asset off the bench. I know everybody always gets that sports arousal out of, hey, we got to get a pick out of that and see what we can get. Draft capital. I'm so sick of hearing about that. You have exactly in what you brought in what is necessary on this team. So you don't think about it whatsoever. So that to me yesterday worked out perfectly. Hopefully on the back end of this, Anthony Richardson returns against the Rams. And you know what? It's not like Gardner Minshew went out there and played that has anybody around here talking about how he should be the starter next week even with a healthy Richardson. And Shane Steichen, by the way, already shot that down earlier today, asking if there was already any conversation brewing about it, that Richardson is our quarterback. But you know what? There shouldn't even be conversation. That should be a known. So I think it's a good thing. You get that, you don't get any controversy, you don't get any conversation regarding that, and you get a win. Zach Moss in the past two games has been absolutely outstanding. And I thought, I thought the nearly five per carry last week and the lifting that made the running backs of the Colts kind of look like Walter Payton or Earl Campbell or Jim Brown compared to the way that it looked against the Jaguars in week number one. He was out there basically all offensive snaps, everyone but one. And then I thought he outdid himself yesterday. 30 carries, 122 yards. And when you need a little bit of something, he was always there giving this team that something. And then, oh, by the way, he also delivered into the end zone, if you remember. That's just how I look at that. And then in terms of what is the biggest argument you have going on right now or debate or soap opera, it's that of Jonathan Taylor. And right now, you look around the NFL, is there much that is robust about we got to have this guy? We got to go out and get this guy. I mean, Miami was a front runner on that. They had two dudes run for about a billion yards yesterday, still running against that glorious head coach and the head coaching job he's doing in Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos defense, still running. All of them. What, DeChan? I think everybody thought it was DeChain, DeChan. Mostert, guys are still running today. So, got a big deal there? Got a big deal anyplace else? Does it really matter anyplace else? Where it matters is right here. And don't fool yourselves if and when, and I'm assuming it's only a matter of time after this coming week that he's going to be active and ready to play again. I just don't know what, again, chance or what other play that his side of things are going to have. Yeah, you add him to the party. Bring him back. Bring him back. And you got Zach Maul. You're okay with it right now. But you're certainly okay without it. So there's no argument there. Like we had that argument going in. And right now, as it stands, I think everybody's probably satisfied with the effort that Zach Moss gives you. 
And I just don't know what other options ultimately Jonathan Taylor is going to have other than come back here and be available to play once again. Which I'm sorry will help and help out a great deal. So you've got no argument right there. I mean, really the way this worked out was perfect. You know, one of the other big arguments all offseason long was handsomely paying a place kicker. And let me tell you this, Chris Ballard needed this to go right like nobody's business. I mean, really something to go right like nobody's business. And Matt Gay yesterday absolutely cashed it in five for five. 50-plus ball. It was as incredible. Everything was right stinking down the middle. Jay Feely, who, by the way, from CBS we had on the show on Friday, hopefully you heard him, kept calling it the balls being piped. Don't giggle. That's what he said. But, you know, and Justin Tucker on the other side was what everybody was worried about and talking about. And, man, Matt Gay just crashed that party. You know, one of the arguments in the offseason as to why you would pay a kicker that handsomely and bring him in is for stall drives. Well, you get, you know, within long range and you don't have to get, you know, within, you know, 45 to 47, something like that. You have stall drives to where you need somebody that's going to be able to hit it from 50 plus. And you cannot do it any better than that. In fact, in a single game in NFL history, nobody has ever done it better. So for the moment now, there's no argument about that any longer. And Chris really needed that to go right. And it has gone fantastically right to this point. And again, we're talking about three weeks of the season so far. But these are three things that all have gone right. You know, Jim Irsay said in that game two preseason game up in the booth in the third quarter with Greg Rakestraw and Rick Venturi that Chris Ballard is here to calm the waters. Now, he was talking in terms of Jonathan Taylor in that situation, but I'm just giving you big picture. He could have said this about this entire organization until this point. You play with Jacksonville. They beat you late. In the fourth quarter, you had some of the similar issues that we saw certainly a year ago pop up. But then you go down and you get Houston in Houston. By the way, Houston turned around yesterday and beat the absolute crap out of Jacksonville in Jacksonville. And then you get this game that basically nobody thought that they were going to end up getting. And that is what I was talking about. You overperform slash overdeliver, and you underpromise. You don't say we're going to do this and we're going to do that. All chips in and all this. No, no, no. You go play at Farm Aid. Go watch your team, and let them do the talking for you. You know, let their performances. And again, I mentioned this yesterday. There were some moments that were cringeworthy, but others not so much. Isaiah McKenzie not fielding that punt could have been incredibly costly. But then you have Zay Flowers on the other side uh, also making a mistake. It seemed like in the fourth quarter, anybody else get with me? It seemed like that they, it was like an NBA game. They had 90 timeouts. You could not have worked that any better. 
from a Colts standpoint and Shane Steichen, and you probably couldn't have done it much worse, you know, in terms of of how Baltimore handled it. But you know, both sides had their moments where they were positive, and then moments that you would like to forget. You now, even Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson had some moments where he looked absolutely dominant, and then others thinking, "What are you doing?" Same thing can be said regarding Gardner Minshew. I mean, you get Kyle Hamilton coming straight at you. You have zero realization. Be nice if somebody stood in his way. They finally, I guess, figured it out. But now, that's what the game meant yesterday. That's exactly what I've been talking about in terms of what you would love to see and what is so necessary around here for the Colts fans. And then... And then you get this. You get the juice of that game, which I'm sure it was tough to come down from yesterday. I could tell via social media regarding your excitement. And then you have an entertaining win. Like this entertaining loss crap. You know me by now. I hate it. I hate hearing it. I think it sucks. You guys deserve more. The entertaining win is what you're looking for. The game wasn't perfect, but it ended perfectly for you see if the Colts can win three consecutive I believe the last time they did that they do that twice in 2021 I believe I think maybe outside of an overtime loss to Tennessee yeah I think they almost won six in a row over that point I think they won three in a row with Wentz twice in 2021 and then obviously the final the tail end of the season of the three straight uh, would have been that Arizona Christmas night game. Yeah, sure as hell didn't do it last year. But two in a row so far this year. And here's something else that's highly unusual. How many of you have checked the calendar and wondered what time of year that it is? Because normally, normally the Septembers around here are are not good. We have seen that in recent history. They're giving you an earth, wind, and fire type of September right now. And it's about time. Seriously, it's about time. I've said this all along, and this is not, again, it is not to to at all, you know, try to get you on my side, And but you guys deserve it. You guys deserve it. There have been a lot of promises, a lot of promises that certainly have just kind of floated out into the wilderness, into nothingness, never come true. And this year, it just kind of seems like they're going at it. Just going at it. Just playing. Ah, yesterday was, I thought, incredibly entertaining. Yeah, we'll get to a lot more of that. And a shout out to Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. making one hell of a catch while his uh, head is being unscrewed. I don't know if anybody out there has ever, anybody out there ever seen somebody get their head unscrewed from their body while they're catching a pass, a very important catch, by the way. In an NFL game, listen, this is way, way before it should be mentioned. But that's kind of how we have to work. Like Matt Gay looks like arguably right now the greatest free agency pickup of the Ballard era. I said this last night. Anybody agree with me? And I didn't bring up examples or anything it was kind of more just seeing what you guys would say out of it and believe me he needs it 
He needs it like the organization needs it because going into the season, you weren't believers. You weren't believers with them. You weren't believers with him. And then in the offseason, I mean, you prioritize. You don't prioritize the running back, obviously, or at least Jonathan Taylor as your running back. You want him to play out the rest of his contract, so you haven't prioritized that. You prioritize place kicking. You prioritize long snapping. At some point, I'm assuming you're going to prioritize Michael Pittman Jr. But what you did in bringing Matt Gay in here, was absolutely perfect to define why you did it, why you felt it was necessary, why you felt to pay him that much, and then you got to pay off. And nobody needs it more. You've got a trio of needs here. Colts organization, Chris Ballard, and Colts fans. You guys all need that. And Matt Gay paid that off and paid that off big time yesterday. In fact, Matt's going to join us either, I think, Wednesday or Thursday this week. I'll line up all my kicking questions right there. There's no doubt you got to clean a lot of stuff up. I mean, even if you're not facing a team that's as good as Baltimore, especially when healthy or much healthier than they were. I think it was mentioned during the broadcast yesterday. We call it a trap game for the Ravens because I think they have a couple of AFC North matchups maybe coming up with the Browns and the Steelers, not necessarily in that order. I didn't view that at all. I just thought that the Colts kept pace. I thought the Colts defensively played really well. Juju Brents got out there for the first time. Jeffrey Gorman, the Gorman said on the pregame show yesterday that, hey, man, it's time for this guy to go out there and show something. And he went out there and showed something. Made a couple of different plays. The other thing that stands out to me, if Frank Reich were still the coach, and I know that there was Jeff Saturday between Reich and now Shane Steichen, but for example, if Reich were still coach, do you think that Deion Jackson would still be on this team and participating? Do you think that Daryl Baker Jr. would have been a healthy scratch? And replaced. That is also what is different. Seems like Frank Reich would give these guys a wide berth. And continue to show faith in them. And obviously, as we've seen in the past, that faith ultimately sometimes was fleeting. Doesn't seem like the Shane Steichen's the same dude regarding that right now. Got to make a decision, and if this was costly, we got to change that up and do something else. Now, I know you're talking about an undrafted free agent. You're talking about, you know, Deion Jackson, whatever. But still, I think we can all come to the conclusion these were decisions that have been made that would not have been made during the Reich era. Or at least it didn't seem like these decisions would be made. I know a lot of people want to point the finger at the play calling, you know, at the offense, you know, the going for it, the the coaching slash gamesmanship of it all. But I would more point the finger of, you know, who is being held accountable. And that seems to me, at least so far with these two examples, that that seems to be certainly more prevalent and something you would want to go to other than, you know, talking about the differences in play calling, so on and so forth. 
But that's where we are through three weeks of the season, and I've got time to talk with you. In fact, we have until 5 o'clock. Stephen Holder is going to join us of ESPN, ESPN.com, to talk about this. They prepare for the L.A. Rams. Shane Steichen met with the media earlier today, said, hey, make no mistake, Anthony Richardson, when healthy, is still our guy, but still Anthony Richardson not made it through concussion protocol. Uh, Neither has Wesley French. You know, regarding Wesley French, I, I guess I didn't notice anything go that haywire yesterday. It seemed like if it was going haywire, it was on 72 and the right side of the line. But it didn't seem like a lot of things were going haywire right there, at least to me. But that's what happens, too. That's what happens when you beat a team that most believe that you can't and will not in surprising fashion. You get a feel-good Monday around here that is absolutely necessary for your Colts fans because otherwise, I don't know what the hell you're going to look at. Because even with a win, IU gives, in typical IU fashion in football, gives you reason not to feel good about a win. I mean, who else other than IU football gives you a reason to feel awful after a win? Uh, Boilermakers get stomped in West Lafayette. Again, that's three losses at home already this season. How about that? Three losses at home and three losses in the month of September. All at home. Brutal. Yeah, Notre Dame with a late-game fiasco. Ohio State wins there. Ryan Day goes off on Lou Holtz. Oh, that's great. Uh, we got some college football to get to. Oh, yeah, you guys want me to bring up the Reds? Was it 13 unanswered the other night? My goodness. Again, I don't freak out over that because you got to understand that it's coming. You look at that pitching staff and you know what they have available. Yeah, I know it's not supposed to be that bad. But yesterday was good with what could have been Joey Votto's final plate appearance at Great American Ballpark. That part was cool. Uh, Saturday was far from it. All right, quick break and we shall return. BullseyeEventGroup.com, Colts VIP tailgate passes I have for you all week long beginning today. You can listen to win on that. Stephen Holder coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I have a huge announcement possibility coming up for you tomorrow as well. So I can't tell you today. I will tell you tomorrow. And uh, this should be really fun for you too. Just can't say anything about it today. But big announcement coming up tomorrow. And, of course, we'll do that coming up tomorrow. Otherwise, 239 1070 email address jmv1075 thefan.com inside the lounge via youtube live brought to you by winshuler's spreadable cheeses the greatest spreadable cheese in indy right now the variety of flavors locations you can buy kroger and meyer winshuler's spreadable cheeses that and more with you at 239 1070 to start out this day next whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I don't understand the words you just said. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, so this is a 53-yard field goal attempt by Matt Gay. He knocked down from 54 earlier out of the hold of Sanchez. Ball between the hash marks. Here's the kick. The long field goal is up, and it is good. Good once more. 
Matt Gay has Money. connected on two field goals over 50 from 53 and 54. And he is now 19 for 25 on attempts over 50 for his career. And he puts the Colts back on top. It's 16 to 14. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts right there. What a day for Matt Gay. And what a win by the Colts in Baltimore yesterday. We're talking about that throughout the course of the afternoon. And again, this Monday reaction regarding week number three of the NFL, Colts over the Ravens, brought to you by the Shane Company. Fine jewelry since 1929. That is the Shane Company. Made to shine. Yeah. Good Monday for you right here. Some calls we'll get into inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Evidently, there was a little bit of uh, foo bar going on earlier. As far as the link was concerned. Yeah. Because somebody had told me, I think it was Sean here, said, hey, it's not working. Evidently, it's working right now. So log in. Uh, this is from Josh Jamvi. Do you have a hot take on the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift dating topic? Yeah, I would just say if if you're Travis, just go go get it, <laughs> go get it. All right. Not really. I can understand. I can understand it. She's very attractive, incredibly talented. Uh, maybe the uh, most popular person on the face of the earth right now. Go do it. I know it was a ton yesterday. When you have my good friend Adam Schefter tweeting about it, it's funny. Like some people felt that Kansas City and Andy Reid, they were running plays for Kelsey because of that. I mean, come on. That's some jackassery. <laughs> JMV Met Gay is like 80 of 85 over his last three years with the Rams and field goals. Almost Mr. Automatic. That was a winner. That was a win that, again, as I mentioned earlier, that they needed both on the field organizationally, certainly what Chris needed decision-making wise on making a place kicker the highest paid to the NFL because now everybody that ever had a complaint about it can easily understand it. You get a win, and I don't have to hear about entertaining a loss from nerds or anything like that. It's beautiful. That's the thing that gets me. I hate that. I don't know how you guys deal with that any longer. I was tired of it with the Pacers. But now that's exactly it's exactly Pacer-esque. I don't know where this thing is going to go. But, man, they're giving some moments in September of all times to be excited have a Monday like this, feel good, not drag ass in and go, I don't want to talk about that. Imagine if you were a Bears fan. Seriously, this first month of the season for the Bears is probably how you fought, felt like a lot of last season because of the circus that was going on. You guys needed that. And I'm glad that they presented that to you. So anyway, inside the lounge via YouTube Live, if you want to get there, the stream, the app, HD Radio, and 239-1070 is the number. My man is Big Glenn is going to start the show here. Great to see you last Friday. Almost definitely. I had a great time. Did you win tickets, uh, by the way? 
I actually did. Uh, I, I won direct from the Colts dot uh, com. No, so, you uh, did now. So you you would probably like to join me for a little bullseye opportunity is what you're saying here, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, that's why. That's why I called. So. Well, I've always, I've always said this. Uh, I mean, memberships to this show, friendships, memberships has its privileges. Big Glenn, you know that to be true, right? And it'd be nice yeah, if, like, everybody true. around here would understand that hanging out with me instead of saying, "Hey, you picked the Ravens, so you're a big crank." No, membership and friendship has its privileges. Continue. Yes, I was going to say uh, I would like to go to uh, the Bullseye on Sunday, so. Oh, it should be packed down there on Sunday, brother. So you're going to have a good time. You know you will. What else you want to talk about, Big Glenn? I was going to say uh, that was one hell of a game yesterday, man. And that uh, Matt Gates' performance ranks right up there with uh, uh, Adam Vinatieri's uh, kicks in the 06 Divisional playoffs against that same Ravens team. Yeah, well, it's funny. There have been some really – thank you, Big Glenn. I'll talk to you later on this week, too. There have been some some really odd but winning performances in the past. Now, there have also been odd performances in a losing category, but it seems like there's always like this little wrinkle of oddity going on in Baltimore between these two teams. Uh, you definitely had that yesterday. Hey, by the way, shout out. A couple of different shout outs I want to give right here. One is for yesterday. I was up in what they call in Carmel Midtown Plaza. I think I'm very redneckish, and I think I called it like the wrong thing the first 15 minutes. And then Jennifer said, Hey, it's not called that, it's called Midtown Plaza. So we are broadcasting there for the Colts pregame huddle. A lot of folks stopped by. I appreciate that very much. Had a great time. Great way to really kick off week three up there, a little watch party. And I will say this, uh, I'm glad that they let me in to, to Hamilton County in the way in which they do. I mean, normally they're going to look at my and go, wait a minute, you're from Greene County? Well, you better get back there. But they let me in. I can see why people love that area. That's fantastic. And then on Friday night, so Bob Kravitz, Chris Hagen, and I go down to Brown County Music Center. We see Psychedelic Furs and Squeeze. And then on the way home, we stopped at Frenchie's Pub in Morgantown. Frenchie's Pub in Morgantown. And I wanted to give a shout-out to everybody there. We stayed for about an hour and had a great time. At Kravitz, it was great when this guy that was, that was pretty drunk but was friendly as hell and awesome when he was talking to us all and he picked Bob Kravitz up off the ground and ragdolled him where Bob's little legs were like dangling for a minute. <laughs> I don't know if that was Bob's type of place, but that was right up my alley. That was me. Frenchie's Pub, and I told everybody at Frenchie's Pub in Morgantown that I would offer up to Brent Halverson a tavern tour stop. Frenchie's Pub in Morgantown, Indiana. Had a great time. Really did. Uh, Week three in the Colts win over the Ravens, of course, our conversation brought to you by the Shane Company. Made to shine. The Shane Company. Cameron's next at 239-1070. Hello, Cameron. Hey, JMV. Uh, just wanted to say a few quick things. So watching that game yesterday, obviously, with, with Minshew taking a couple of those hits, you're sitting there wondering, you know, if he's going to pick up on these blitzes and stuff. But as far as the win goes, I thought to myself, if they can just somehow pull out this win, I don't care what happens, you know, in the middle of this game. I'm going to forget about all of these plays because that just seemed like one of those games, you know, when you're eight-point underdogs, as long as you can just somehow pull it out. 
I'll forget about all the other stuff for right now. Um, well, and then it's it's like makes that Jacksonville game more of a disappointment because when you get close, you want to see them cash in. And in week one, they faded to the fourth like we have seen them. Certainly we saw them a year ago. But the way that – and I know that sometimes they got a little bit of help in some indecision, bad decision, whatever. The fact that they closed that game under those circumstances yesterday was impressive. And you could kind of see and hope to see this team grow. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, they may not play up to those standards next week against the Rams, but it, it was impressive yesterday in the form and fashion in which they ended up getting that win, Cameron. For sure. And I definitely think, I know some people talked about it, just the difference of having Jackson in the backfield. He just looks so much more confident, obviously, than the other backs that we had there. So you could say maybe if they had him uh, – the, the first game. But the last thing I want to say real yep. quickly is just shout out to the defensive line. Yes. I, I felt like last year there were so many times where they were just on the field so much and, we, you know, you're, they were doing their job for the most part. And I felt like, you know, yesterday there's times where they got rewarded. Oh, man, Cameron, sorry about that. Faded away, but no, the love for the defensive line. And, you know, other than, you know, getting tired and defensively, they surrendered 14 points in the fourth quarter to Jacksonville in that loss in week number one. But they have been what we, what you expect them to be. To this point, they have. That's what they've done. Uh, they took advantage of a couple of offensive linemen being out yesterday for the Ravens. So they have done, and Quiddy Pay looks like he is growing and maturing and getting better. I mean, you can always say that about DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart. Now they have been making plays and consistently staying after the quarterback. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We'll get back to your calls in a minute. I got plenty of time. Stephen Holder coming up in the five o'clock hour. Adam Schefter said to Pat McAfee earlier today, the best place for Jonathan Taylor is in Indy. I don't see how it's going to go any other way at all. Now, that's coming up after next week. Matt Gay, can you suggest right now, I mean, even removing yourself from the euphoria of the moment of a winning Monday, can the suggestion be made that Matt Gay looks to be the best free agent signing in the history of Chris Ballard? that fair to say? Or is it just in the moment kind of stuff right here? Quick break and we'll come back. Got stuff to give away. Bullseye Event Center with bullseyeeventgroup.com coming up on Sunday. Got to listen to when to that. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Please, uh, Three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Colts second down and long on their only 11-yard line. Moving it right to left with a game tied at 19. Minshew goes out of the gun. Four receivers into the pattern. Two tight ends right for the Colts. In motion, Isaiah McKenzie to the right side now. Shotgun snap for Minshew. RPO. Backs to throw. Going to take a shot downfield for Michael got Pittman him. Jr. And he's got, got the ball! And his helmet came out! And he makes it with his headgear off at the 45-yard line. And Pittman wanted it more in a first down. 
Oh, that reminds me, by the way, Soundgarden yesterday celebrating Bad Motorfinger. Yesterday was one of the greatest album release dates in the history of mankind. Bad Motorfinger, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Nirvana's Nevermind right there. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. His headgear came off. I got my headgear on, Mom. Is that a good quote for you from the 80s? I got my headgear on, Mom. Uh, JMV, I thought the best part of the weekend was going to be seeing you at the concert Friday. Thank you, Block by Block and Mrs. Block by Block. That I met at the Brown County Music Center. And a shout-out, too, to Christian Webb, who put it all together. Outstanding night. And then the Colts game ended in a fashion that recent history has showed us not to expect. That is so true. Bounces, calls, good fortune. It would be great. And see, that's what happens when you actually play well more consistently. That good fortune often will find a seat on your team. That's so true. It's from Steven San Antonio, JMV. If Ballard wouldn't trade away Jacoby Brissett for a first, as he claimed, or a second, what makes people believe that he would trade Minshew for a fifth rounder? I, I just I want the entirety of the conversation squashed because his best value is to this team right now. It wasn't Joe Montana. It wasn't Steve Young. I mean, it wasn't Dave Craig. But he was good enough to lead. He's been good enough while he's been in there. He understands that once Anthony Richardson is ready to come back, then he goes back to the bench, uh, bench and Richardson starts. Really, that's the best of both worlds. You have no quarterback controversy going on at all. At least as we sit here right now. Plus, you have a guy in Richardson that has yet to finish a game. Two games not finished, one game not played. You tell me why you would even think, uh, why would you fathom trading Menchu for some sort of draft capital? God, uh, <laughs> draft capital. And by the way, that wasn't just Alex I was referencing. A lot of people have been talking about that. I just want to put that stupidity to bed. James is next at 239-1070. James, welcome to the show. Hey, John, thanks so much. Hey, yeah, I agree with you about Minshew. You know, I said uh, three years ago on your show that we could have got him for pennies on a dollar mm-hmm. back then and bypassed two re- rebuilding modes. Uh, but, you know, great game. But I really feel like uh, Richardson could have pulled that game off because, again, just – he started his career at three, you know, three outs. You know, he's not playing his brand of football. It's costing him health. And I don't know how much longer he can take a hit and go down in every every game. So, uh, great things yesterday. But, but also, as a mere Minshew threw some tight windows, but the receivers weren't even open. I mean, there was like, there was hardly any separation with anybody. And that, again, plays into guard Minshew being have a better game than Richardson, even though he has a strong arm, hasn't been known to be as accurate. What do you think? Thank you for the call, too, James. I think when Richardson is out there and they're utilizing him as they want to utilize him offensively, he is much, much, much more of a threat. 
Now, the whole separation thing has been the case for a long time, and it, there was a play made on the ball. You would like to see Alec Pierce be able to bring that late one in, and you would sure as hell like to see him become more more effective. I mean, you would just like to see him like there, like doing something, performing to any level of consistency. And, and let's face it, it's going to be tough – you got to get something out of your tight ends too. That's the expectation. And we got not much, little to nothing. You got Mo Ali Cox tweeting, retweeting our picks. I think that's really the only stat line he had. But at the same time, you got to get more. But you know what they did? They They did what was necessary to get through and win that game. How many times in the past we have seen them fail in that capacity? That's a good thing. All right, 4 o'clock hour. We are locked with your calls. If you guys are on hold, I'll get back to you. Stephen Holder coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Shane Steichen met with the media. What he had to say regarding Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly. And are we allowed to look ahead at all to this schedule? Oh, of course we are, because this is a sports talk show, and we'll do that. Maybe even a little collegiate conversation coming your way as well. Hour number two straight ahead. Ride with JMV. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Ride with JMV. Excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 23 seconds to go. They place the ball at the Raven 49-yard line. Baltimore right to left on the Colts. Jackson in the pocket, feeling pressure. Escapes left side, and he is going down. He throws the ball away on the sideline. Quiddy Pay was all over Jackson. Is that going to be a sack or an incomplete pass? It'll be incomplete. He got Jackson by, just do that to nobody, though. Yeah, but he's outside of the pocket. You're he right. can do that. He just threw the ball out of bounds to save the sack. And now we're down to 14 ticks left. That would have been big because it would have been big in terms of field position and then time off the clock. Oh, yeah, it was big for sure. Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi right there. The call, Colts Radio Network. Quiddy Pay been playing well so far this year. That defensive front for the Colts. Uh, all over it again yesterday, too, playing well. Colts win. We've been talking about that throughout the course of the afternoon so far. The final 22-19 to 19 in overtime. And uh, Matt Gay, in a word, was brilliant yesterday. Brilliant. Yeah, a lot of you are saying, JMV, if you look at it right now, I know it's in terms of one game. Uh, best free agent signing Ballard has ever had. Yeah, I know that there's it, – it's a tight window of reference right here. I get it. And almost it almost speaks more to what hasn't been done than what has been done. But in a game of that magnitude yesterday, that was a big deal. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., nine receptions, 77 yards, had that brilliant catch with his helmet being ripped off yesterday. Gardner Minshew, I mentioned this earlier, 27 of 44, 227. Had a touchdown there. I I said this last week regarding Zach Moss. I thought that he 
he to me was the most important asset to that win in Houston and sincerely make that argument again yesterday. 30 carries, 122 yards. Don't dismiss this, though, as saying, well, now you don't need Jonathan Taylor. Now you can trade him for assets. Stop with the assets for a minute. Adam Schefter said this to McAfee earlier. Adam Schefter is right. His best spot is right here. His greatest asset for you, the Colts fan, is for him to perform for you. Same is true with Minshew. Trade him for assets. No, leave him here. His greatest value is here, clearly. And everybody is so used to playing games from behind. Again, with losing in mind. Sometimes it's just better off to ride with what you have. And and listen, with the Pacers, too, one of these days, if they end up parting with Buddy Heald, I bet you're going to say the same thing. Everybody gets drunk on trade assets and draft capital. 22-19, Colts over the Ravens yesterday. I mentioned this before the break, too. I'll get back to your phone calls in just a second. So you're looking at the Rams. Rams tonight against Cincinnati. We'll get a little thumbnail sketch of the Rams team. And then they come in here on a short week. Uh, The Titans here coming up on the 8th of October. On the road at Jacksonville. You saw Jacksonville got smoked yesterday by Houston. 37 they gave up at home. The Browns and the Saints. And then you have that shoulder. Check that, that. Yeah, that shoulder situation, I believe, with Derek Carr. In New Orleans. Uh, The Panthers, once you get into November, and then obviously when you go to Frankfurt, Germany, and take on the New England Patriots. Clearly, even with the injuries, the toughest team you would still outline on that schedule moving forward, is it not the Ravens? see what they do coming up against the Rams on Sunday, but it is worthy of looking ahead if you like. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, the Lounge via YouTube Live in this show brought to you by Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses, an indie favorite. Pepper Jack, Original Cheddar, Sharp Cheddar, and Bacon Cheddar available at both Meyer and Kroger locations. By the way, I went to the Kroger on 135 in Bargersville. They need more Winshuler's cheese there. I put the bat signal out to Kroger. Make sure you guys have, hey, guys got to have Winshuler's because you know if we're talking about it here, you guys are going out to buy it. So order some extra Kroger. Colts happy hours tonight at 6 o'clock. A couple of road shows later on this week. Ale Emporium, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots on Thursday. Mucky Duck on the back deck. I haven't looked at the weather forecast on Friday, but normally we're outside on the deck and can't wait on the south side. That's a Bud Light Blue Friday with Rams Colts tickets to give away. Mucky Duck, a Todd Johnson establishment on Friday. Should be fun. And by the way, I got a big giveaway this week. I'll tell you about that coming up tomorrow. Meantime, 239-1070 is the number. And Joe calling in from the state of Pennsylvania. Hello, Joe. Joe, are you there? I do not hear Joe. It looks like we're still connected. Joe, are you there? 
All right, put Joe back on hold. We'll go back to Joe in a second. Tony's up next. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jambi. Just absolutely great game to watch yesterday. A lot of fun. You guys deserve it. Absolutely. Hey, on that quitty pay uh, play there towards the end of regulation, uh, if I'm not wrong, I think the replay shows that Lamar Jackson's knee cuts down before he got rid of it. Yeah. And was it then the next play that they attempted the uh, long field goal? It was. Well, you know, if, if he'd been ruled as a sack, time would have run out. We'd have gone into overtime. And when they were faced with a similar field goal attempt, would, would they have attempted it then and possibly hit it? Oh, I, I think I was I, I I'm almost surprised at times when they don't roll Justin Tucker out there from like 67, 68. I mean, Harbaugh, more. Harbaugh I think, was a little uh, skittish after he missed that. I, I think the first one to I give think, up the field position. I think everybody, including Justin Tucker, they were surprised because you can't tell me the entire stadium and you at home, too, because I felt the same way. Thought he absolutely creamed that football and knocked it through. Yeah. I thought that that was yeah. going to be good. When that thing yeah. fell a, a couple of yards short, I was surprised. Yeah, but anyway, yep. hopefully, hopefully we'll get uh, JT back and uh, keep things rolling and just have a good season. Tony, thank you very much for the call. And again, just because Zach Moss has had two really fine games, does not mean that you don't want Jonathan Taylor back. I do. I mean, am I wrong about that? Are you worried about him polluting the locker room? I don't know what other options he might have at this point, but as I've always said, he still is a game-breaking talent when healthy or until I'm or others are proven otherwise. So this changes nothing. Oh, well, go ahead and trade him now. We have Zach Moss. Ooh, no, no, no. Why? So many people around here always want to get rid of good, solid assets. Why is that? Good, solid assets. Why do you do that? Why do you want to do that? And we were lucky I had to convince you regarding Miles Turner. You guys were all nuts about that. Lucky you had me, the voice of reason. Actually, even beyond you guys, Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan, they're lucky they have me as the voice of reason. You're welcome. (laughs) It's not allowed via YouTube Live. I'm staring at some of the conversation going on there. JMV, when are you going to get to IU? (laughs) Never. Only IU football can get a win and still get covered in this type of conversation. There, There is nothing more. Like, people want to say, well, it was so IU football the way that they played. While that is correct, the outcome is so IU football. That is the only team in the world that can win a game and still get lambasted in the fashion in which they are. That's IU football. You can't even win a game and get any love. That game. I don't know if you went. I don't know if you stayed. 
Yeah, the other thing it, with Tom Allen and the, the post-game song, I know that that's something that they do all the time. And you guys are going to say, I can't believe Tom Allen did that. Well, I mean, Tom Allen's going to do that. That is probably more so than anything else up to the social media platform host to not provide that just to go, hey, you know what? If we're going to send this out after that game, maybe not. Now, if you had some video of him ripping some ass, then that's what you send out. Hey, we, we won this game, but that's a joke. And this stinks. If you had that video, you send that out. You don't send that out, and he doesn't stop doing it. If that is tradition in their locker room, that's their locker room. After it, well, then do it. But for goodness sake, the social media platform, you have to, and believe me, I know this from the past, and I know this from me making mistakes. You just, you don't want to put yourself in that situation of embarrassment. That's one that you just say, all right, we'll wait and then maybe send this out some other time. Now, if Tom Allen is reading the riot act to his players and Walt Bell and whoever else is going to listen, if he's doing that, then send that out. But don't send out that. That just, it makes an already incredibly stressful situation even more stressful. They have no idea that... It is IU football in a nutshell. You win a game and you still have that. Yeah, Marcus Freeman, 10 on the field. Ohio State with a win. Purdue. I don't know if Purdue football fans could have written on a script a worse September than what they've had so far with this group. What do you think about it? Three home losses. And a shout-out to the Colts for giving us something really positive to talk about around here. Otherwise, not so much. Colts get the Rams, by the way, coming up at 1 o'clock on Sunday. 10 a.m. for the Bullseye Event Center, bullseyeeventgroup.com. I forgot to give away a pair of passes in hour one, didn't I? Sometimes I do that. It's terrible. Hey, Jamvi, I saw you were up in Carmel yesterday. Did you have a good time? I, I couldn't find the place for a minute. So I was like running through backyards and downtown Carmel, like Ferris Bueller's day off there for a minute. This is like kept taking me in a circle because you couldn't get to directly where I was going in what is called Midtown Plaza. But I will say this, I don't know who made it, but somebody made me a glorious Bloody Mary yesterday morning, and I was incredibly thankful for that. I needed it. Thank you, guys. All right, uh, Travis, up next, 239-1070. Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, JMV. Hello, Travis. First time time caller, really loving the show. Thank you, Travis. That is very nice of you to say. Hey, a couple things. One, you may have covered, and I apologize if you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Two things. One, why didn't we go for the field goal when we got the ball back after they, after they missed the field goal? I mean, Gay was all over it. Why not? Uh, uh, what, 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 explain to me this portion again. Wait a minute. One more time. I'm sorry. I missed what you said initially. 
Sure. So mm-hmm. when Tucker missed that field goal at the end of regulation and we had the ball back about the same, would have been, I think, a 62-yarder. And Minshew just threw it in the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know what that that was uh, that was a part of what I was talking about, and a lot of people wondered when I said, "Hey, it was kind of a discombobulated deal." You know, yesterday, you know, the the calls sometimes weren't great. The play sometimes wasn't great on both sides, but it turned out to be, you know, a great win for the Colts. I, I, you got to do something there, right? I mean, if not try it, what would it? You said sixty-two. I thought it would have been sixty-six, but whatever. I, I think you either try that, or at the very least, you you throw something toward the end zone, right? I mean, you give yourself one final chance, especially in a game in which that was going like that. So, yeah, that's that's a head scratcher. That was, but it turned I out all right. I thought maybe they were worried about a block and that they ran it back. Maybe that yeah. was. Really- I, I don't know. Maybe maybe so. Maybe so. I just thought that it was uh, an in-game missed opportunity. That was me. So Absolutely. And the one comment I wanted to make, you brought up about Frank Reich. Yeah. Um, maybe sticking with players when they weren't producing. So I think that was a, a great comment. I mean, that's you hit it right on the head. I think that's something about Shane that is refreshing. No, it, it, the accountability. Thank you for the call, Travis. It is the accountability of, let's say you go back to the Frank Reich era. Do you think that he's he's benching Daryl Baker Jr.? Do you think that he's benching and then releasing Deion Jackson without another opportunity? Now I know what you can say. Well, it's real easy to do it. You got a couple of undrafted dudes or whatever. You got a you know backup running back thrust into the situation in Jackson. Get an undrafted corner. You know that's really easy to do. You have a drafted corner that got back into play yesterday for the first time. But it may be easy to do. But that has not been the history around here. At least recently, it hasn't been done. So that's what I'm looking at right here. So you did, you know, uh, your corner, your starting corner the first two weeks was a healthy scratch. A couple of days earlier, you jettisoned your running back and Deion Jackson and bringing in Trey Sermon. Now the the accountability seems to be at a much higher level. I, is there a way that you can be a player's coach and also, you know, be somewhat of a hard ass about that? You know what happens? It also comes with success. You can what whatever you're doing when you're winning games, deem successful. You just keep on doing it. We have been just so rotten with misfortune around here in recent memory. I think sometimes we forget about that. Like, I'm glad you're able today to celebrate, to soak in what was you know, a tremendous road win, regardless of the circumstances. You've noticed that maybe once just to frame it up, just to frame it up when in terms of, you know, being accurate, haven't really talked about all the missing bodies on Baltimore's team because that doesn't really matter now. And this team through three weeks is doing what we had talked about in the offseason. And that is overperforming and underpromising. 
That's what the Pacers did. That's what the Colts are doing right now. And and believe me, it is a refreshing look. Anthony Richardson still in concussion protocol. So is Ryan Kelly. We'll find out later on this week. And again, as Shane Steichen mentioned earlier, that Anthony Richardson is still the starting quarterback. And that's the other thing, too. It's not like Minshew went out there and lit it up. Thus, you're going to say, all right, so he needs to be starting. I mean, really, yesterday worked out about as perfectly as it could have. Did it not? Across the board? I mean, you justified Chris Ballard spending a lot of money, highest paid place kicker of the NFL, justified that. Uh, You get a win at quarterback with a backup quarterback where there's no quarterback controversy going into week four against the Rams. You know, Zach Moss looks to be a fantastic alternative to Jonathan Taylor, yet not forget that Jonathan Taylor is still of value, and you would love to have him a part of this team. Seems like everything worked out. Uh, David's up next at 239-1070. David, go ahead. Hey, what's going on, Jeremy? Good to hear from you, David. Yeah, the last caller here, not the last, the last caller before that, they did get the sack on that play. And they had to hurry up and uh, do a snap. They had to snap as soon as the clock was ready. And that's when they completed that long pass over the middle to get a field goal range. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. Can you, can, you, can you hear me? Yeah, you're a little muffled right there. I'm on my dang on. Uh, I'm getting uh, bits. I'm getting bits of pieces. I'm interested in what you have to say, but I'm not getting it in its entirety. Well, your last caller had called. He was like, well, they didn't give him the sack. Quiddy Pay did get the sack on that play. Yeah, yo, yeah. I think I said that, did I not? When his knee went down and they reviewed it? Oh, no. I just. I may have. Maybe I didn't. That. I don't think you did. And they, that's when they got the pass. But like, yeah. like I was saying, when I called uh, earlier during preseason, if we just had better quarterbacks playing special teams play, we could have won a lot more games last year. I mean, how do you go from, you know, being a Super Bowl contender with Matt Ryan to just not winning no games? Well, and, and here's part of the problem. Thank you. Thank you for the call, too. You, you've had a bit of a sample so far. They didn't close in the fourth quarter against Jacksonville, which was reminiscent to a year ago. But in the past two games, they've done that. And yesterday was a wild one to close, but they still did it. That makes sense? Like, even more so than special teams or anything else, and certainly when you're talking about place kicking, that is just a big deal, being able to have a guy like Matt Gay come in there and, and knock it home from 50-plus to win a game like that. And that's why you over overpay in terms of what some say, but that's why you, you pay as much. That's why he has as much of value for you is because of those circumstances when you get stopped and you still want to be able to put points on the board. But last year, when you look back at all these games, all these games, even when Jeff Saturday was the interim head coach, that they should have won, had a big opportunity to win. Most of the time, it was late-game situations. Most of the time, it was a lack of late-game defense. And the defense got, in those moments, a big pass a year ago because the offense was so foobar because Matt Ryan was bad and because Jim Mersey stepped in with Sam Ellinger and because they can never get anything figured out offensively. The defense is always like, well, these guys don't deserve this, but they also crap to bed often. They also 
made their own issues late in game situations and we've seen two now where the Colts have been able to close now week number one they didn't against Jacksonville gave up 14 in the fourth quarter losing that game but the past two they were able to do it hopefully that is a sign of growth all right quick break and we shall come back uh, bullseyeeventgroup.com Colts VIP tailgate passes I got them for you we'll give those away coming up a little bit later on actually before the top of the hour Stephen Holder is going to drop in here coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well 239-1070 inside the lounge via YouTube live and 93.5 and 107.5 the fan Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. On third down, they're in the Coca-Cola red zone. Third and three at the Ravens' 17-yard line. Minshew goes out of the gun, ball on the right hedge. Man in motion is McKenzie from right to left. Minshew rolling to his right, steps up, slings it downfield, walks it in, and it's a catch for a touchdown. Zach Moss on a fade made a over-the-shoulder basket catch for a touchdown from 17 yards out, and the Colts are an extra point away from tying the game. That's uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts right there. Stephen Holder, top of the hour, at what was a wild game yesterday in Baltimore. Won by the Colts on the road, the final 22-19. Matt Gay goes 50-plus four times, and uh, the game winner included. I mean, let's face it, that's pretty badass, everybody. No matter what you think. Hey, JMV, I saw where you and everybody at the fan picked against the Colts this weekend against the Ravens. How does it taste to eat that crow? I don't need any crow. I don't care. I don't care. I don't. Yeah, by the way, I did see, uh, I guess we all saw Mo Alley Cox. I've said this all along. I would, too. I would now I would probably have done something, but I would I would definitely point that out. I would point it out. These guys two things here. These guys watch, they see, they'll read, and they hear everything. When they say, I don't listen to the outside noise, that magnifies the fact that they listen to absolutely all of the outside noise or somebody does it for them and reports back. But I feel the same way. Like, I don't want some nerd consultant coming in here and trying to tell me what I need to be doing sitting here. So I completely understand that. Doesn't make me mad. Doesn't make me mad at all. If I were if I were Mo Ali Cox, I would have done the same thing. Hey, see, you guys don't know anything, right? Now we all probably are in some form of career, right? To where you've done it long enough and you've been successful at it to where you don't want to or to get to the point in which you are. You don't really want to hear anybody telling you how you should do it. Especially those you don't respect telling you that. And I'm assuming 
he doesn't have any respect for us saying, well, you guys don't know. I completely agree. So, no, that doesn't make me mad. I would imagine it doesn't make anybody mad. Yeah, the I told you so's that come with a football season uh, can be endless. So it's all good. All good. Yeah. Like, I want some guy from out of market. Here's what you need to be doing. Yeah, here's what – actually, that's happened before, and I had to tell the person what needed to be done. So it's happened. Like, I listen to people around here that are in here with me, but if it's someplace – whatever. <laughs> whatever. I think I understand it. And I would imagine that athletes of any kind, especially professional athletes, feel the same way. 239-1070 is the number. Rick is up next. Hello, Rick. How are you, John? Rick, I'm fantastic. I appreciate you asking. Thanks for how caring. Do, yeah, how does it feel to be in first place uh, after a few weeks? How about oh, that. Can you imagine for a moment, we're talking about this team again through three weeks in first place, but can you imagine if they don't win that game yesterday, um, how much we're talking about Gardner Menchu stepping out of bounds? I mean, think about for Dan Orlovsky that lived in infamy forever. And this is going to be really a part of the story that actually ended up working out for the Colts. It's amazing how things go in football. Yeah, you've had a strong show today. Real good show. Yeah, just Uh, a little bit above suck. Just a little, maybe a, maybe a touch above suck. You've been spot on about the Colts, though, and Minshew. Wanted to get your take on the sample size for Juju Brents. Um, I thought I thought that he went out there, and I, I want to revert back to the Gorman with me yesterday in the Colts pregame huddle. He pointed out Juju Branson said, "This guy, it's time to get out there and play, and show why they invested that selection in him." And I thought in his initial time on the field for the Colts, he did that. Right on. Anything else? That's it. You have a good one. You call any time. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think inside the lounge via YouTube Live? You cheese eaters. Win Schuler's spreadable cheeses. Now, things went really well yesterday. And by the way, Uncouth says that I'm butthurt. There is not one ounce of buttheartedness from me. I completely understand it. I would have done the same thing if every you do that. I would do the same thing. Like, uncouth, I'm doing the same thing to you right now. I don't think you know what you're talking about. I don't know you. I don't think you would know what you were talking about if it stopped you in the middle of the road and took a chunk out of you. I don't think you would have any idea what you're talking about. So, with that, it is clear to me that I understand why Moali Cox would feel that way or any athlete for that matter. I tried to make that really. I tried to make that make as much sense as possible. I don't know if there was any success there, but I tried. Um, Aaron, before the break, what's up, buddy? Well, not much. I was just leaving the complex, and me and uh, Jay Moore were just riding around, wondering why you hadn't taken my call. You know, I was just, you know, just sitting here listening to the channel. Were you were you listening to that Manning that Manning call <laughs> and the Jay Moore thing back then? Day. I was at home that day, and I heard it. I, yeah. My mouth could have caught 20 flies. 
because I did not believe what I was hearing. It I'm was like, the greatest thing ever. Is this a setup? Yeah, the greatest thing ever on on local radio, really AM radio of any kind, the greatest thing I ever heard was that back in 2001. I got a couple of things I want to get on my chest so I can breathe. Okay. But uh, first of all, shout out to my fellow Tech Titan 40 years in class reunion. That was this Saturday. I'm pretty sure it was a good thing. That's but a I, class of 1983 right there. That's beautiful. That's I love the class that's of 83. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, as far as the culture, because you asked a question about why do so many people want to get rid of the best talent. You can go all the way back to Eric Dickerson. I don't know what it is about this city, but from Eric Dickerson up to uh, Jonathan Taylor, we just cannot stand top-tier talent here in this town. We've always got found a way to get rid of them, shame them, take the side of management against them, and it's always personal, seems like. And then we wonder why other teams come in here and beat us. You wonder why other uh, free agents don't want to come here because they know the fans will turn on them quicker. Just two years ago, people would have voted Johnson Taylor mayor. And now all of a sudden, they pay more attention to his agent than, uh, you know, the owner calling him out saying, you know, we can find you dime a dozen. Well, that was true. They wouldn't have got rid of Jackson the other day. There's a reason why he was all pro. Nothing against Moss. He had a great game. But you got to do it more than two or three games in a row well, before you, you want to get rid of an all pro. Aaron, you got to have you, know? you got to you want your talent out there. And it, needless to say, even if you've like, if people have suggested they have lost respect and don't like him any longer, yeah, put that aside for a moment and then see what he has talent wise and what he might be able to add to this it's team. Why you're excited? Feelings. It's too many people make it personal. Like we fall in we fall in love here too easy. You know, and then Minshew, he had a great game, but to prove why he shouldn't be the, uh, replace uh, Richardson, there was a couple of plays he did a play-action pass, and he gave the ball off to Moss, but he just stood there. None of the defensive players even thought about going after Minshew because they knew he didn't have the ball. If that was Richardson, somebody would have paid attention to him thinking he might have still had the ball. And maybe easy well, and this and this is and, and Aaron, I got to hit a break here, but thank you for the call. This is um, happy fortieth anniversary at Tech High School too. Now, this is Richardson's show at quarterback, and that is not going to change. I, I just thought the way that you look at it, like I would be the voice of reason saying, "Hey, Richardson is the starter, you know, regardless." But it wasn't like. Minshew won the game. He came in and he played. It wasn't great, but he played. He was the winning quarterback, and that's what you want. And that's where the conversation ends. The conversation does not have to continue as, well, you know what? He really should be out there instead of Anthony Richardson. No, he shouldn't. That's why yesterday worked out so well to this point. Find out later on this week regarding the availability of Anthony Richardson. Shane Steichen was asked the question regarding Jonathan Taylor, which also Aaron alluded to there. Quote, like I said, I'm going to refrain from getting into any of that stuff with JT. 
But like I said, he'll be off of PUP here in a couple of weeks, and then I'll take questions about it. All right, before the top of the hour, bullseyeeventgroup.com. Colts VIP tailgate passes in front of that Rams game on Sunday. Got you covered for all you can eat, all you can drink. Somebody's going to win them, and I'll see you down there. The show that keeps on giving, a big announcement tomorrow you guys are going to love as well. I don't want you going anywhere. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Hey, you going to stare all day or are you going to buy something? Uh, I'm going to stare all day. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. He'll put it down at the 43-yard line. So this, again, is a 53-yard field goal from Matt Gay. It's between the hash marks. Sanchez will put it down. Luke Rhodes will snap it. Measuring the kick is Gay. Waiting on the long snap. There it is. Placement. Kick is on its way. It has the distance. It's up, and it is good! Ball game! I-N-D-Y! Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi right there on the call. <laughs> the fourth from 50-plus, the game winner for Matt Gay yesterday. The Colts win. 22-19 is the final. Colts get the Rams coming up on Sunday. One o'clock is that kick. Hey, well, I'm thinking about it because I've forgotten, I think, for the first part of the show. I'm at number nine at 239-1070 right now. Bullseyeeventgroup.com, the Colts VIP tailgate. Hayes and Sons Restoration presents that to you. All you can eat, all you can drink. Nameless catering is bringing the food. And here's the thing. The, the doors open at 10. Now, I'll be there from 9 until 10. Maybe I'll try to double back down and check you out before you bail for the stadium. But there's no better way to soak up the festivities of a Sunday morning pregame style. Talk about a game day experience right there. Great food. All you can drink beverages. You got DJ Skids who does the JMV takeover on Saturday night. I think DJ Helicon. Our good friend Ryan from Bottle Works also is DJing that up. It is an absolute perfect pregame party. Number nine at 239-1070 is going to go right now. Actually, not going to go right now. You'll go Sunday, but I'll give you passes to go right now. Jim McCann in Southern California checks in. I love Steichen sitting guys whose play is absolutely unacceptable. Second and third chance Reich would not have done the same. Now, remember, though, as a rookie, Jonathan Taylor did not see the field after a crucial fumble. Yeah, he got benched. And Reich, Reich never said that he got benched. Official, though, the quote, we did not sit him. I believe that was a game in either September or October of his rookie season, Jim McCann. JMV, it seemed like that Frank Reich always found a way to lose that game yesterday. Would the Colts win yesterday with Frank Reich as the coach? Um, My friend Greg said this, and I would tend to agree with this take as well. Um, Instead of kicking field goals, Frank would have gone for it. Now, they didn't have a place kicker that was capable of doing that, which we saw yesterday which is the reason why Chris went out and 
sign Matt Gay. So I, I guess presumably yes. The only comparison I made regarding Frank Reich is, and I know Jim McCann brought up you know, the rookie season benching of Jonathan Taylor, which Frank Reich referenced as it wasn't, whatever. I mean, Shane Steichen has come in and has made, at least as of right now, you can look across the board, there has to be some accountability going on considering how he's handled things to this point. And as I've mentioned too, everything is always made better when you win. Seriously, I could get every player in the huddle. I could go in the huddle, and I could make fart sounds with my armpit, and it would be the greatest pregame speech of all time if they won. So winning makes it a lot better. I could do that right now if you guys want me to, but I won't. John Buzzard writes this. I posed this, quote, would you rather question. Ooh, good game of would you rather. I haven't played that since Indiana State. Would you rather listen to the Go Cubs Go song or watch a football game that shows Taylor Swift's reaction to every single play? I would take Taylor Swift every single day of the week. And I would even add I would add an eighth day of the week to that over hearing Go Cubs Go ever again. I would rather hear Meatloaf's greatest hits than Go Cubs Go. I would rather hear, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that on a loop for 24 hours than ever be subject to that crappy Go Cubs Go song. Eight days a week. Thank you, John. Quick break. We'll come back. Stephen Holder, other side. If you're on hold, I'll get to you too. Colts win. We'll go over that and more. Five o'clock hour and your chance at Bullseye Event Center tickets coming up too. Don't leave. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Jackson out of the gun. Four receivers into the game. Ball's in the left half. Shotgun snap for the quarterback. Looking left. And he has hit this time. And the Colts finish him off. This time they get home and they finish the deal. And it's a sack for Zaire Franklin. Matt Taylor with the call right there. Zaire Franklin, 15 total tackles, 11 solo, and a sack right there. RIP and a sky point to Meatloaf, but this is just to show you that I'll break for a moment the ban on his music on this show for re-entries before I will ever play that stanky Go Cubs Go song. And this may be the worst song of the 1990s right here. Because it's brutal like this, and it goes on forever. I'm trying to wait this out. See, I mean, it just goes on forever. Eight minutes of this. But eight minutes of this is better than three seconds of Go Cubs Go. (laughs) Maybe. I'm not sure. JMV, it's always so hilarious how butthurt and triggered you get. By Go Cubs Go. There's no butthurtedness. There's no triggering. It sucks. JMV, been a hater on Go Cubs Go. I can't say I'm shocked. You shouldn't be. 
Hey, by the way, let's forget that for a moment. Let's get back to matters at hand. I got bullseye tickets for you here before the end of the show. Big announcement coming up tomorrow. Colts happy hour coming up in the 6 o'clock hour for you as well. Colts win yesterday, 22-19. And joining us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, wondering what in the hell is going on, ESPN.com, Colts beat writer, Stephen Holder. Stephen, I want to start right here. So many things went right yesterday. Obviously, the biggest is getting the win in overtime. But in terms of getting a win, no quarterback controversy, everybody truly understands, even the fans, that Anthony Richardson, when healthy, should be the starting quarterback. Chris Ballard gets justified on paying Matt Gay as much money as he did as a free agent this offseason and arguably the best free agent signing of the Chris Ballard era. And with Zach Moss, two straight weeks of being a difference maker running the football, yet you still understand that if healthy and able to come back, you welcome Jonathan Taylor back here. I mean, really, even in a discombobulated at times game, a lot of things went right for this Colts team yesterday. Yeah, I mean, there were times I'm sitting there in the press box in Baltimore watching this game, and I'm like, there's no way they're going to win this game. I mean, <laughs> they can't get out of their own way. They just, they offensively, they just didn't seem fluid. They're just, I mean, it was just, there were, there were so many reasons they shouldn't have won the game, but I think ultimately they made the plays that it took to win. You know, like they didn't play great, and I don't think either team played great. I don't think Baltimore sitting there feeling like, like they did a good job. You know, they, they had many opportunities to win that game. It really just boiled down to, as Shane Steichen said earlier today, I, I think it was plays like, for example, the end of the first half where Minshew gets blindsided by Kyle, Ham- Kyle Ham- Hamilton because, you know, I'm sure they were really surprised Kyle Hamilton was blitzing again, apparently. <laughs> and they look surprised. Blindsided. The reaction would say that they're surprised, yeah. Or lack thereof. (laughs) They shouldn't have been surprised is what I'm saying. And so anyhow, he gets blindsided, fumbles. And I've got to tell you, I mean, Shane Steichen talked about it earlier today. Quentin Nelson, the hustle play of the year, okay, to get over there and knock the ball out of the defender's hands as he's trying to scoop and score. I'm telling you, if that happens, it's probably curtains. Because, I mean, that that touchdown would have been a big difference. Nothing else. Uh, the Col- excuse me, the Ravens would have had uh, first and ten uh, around the forty yard line going in, you know, with twenty seven seconds to go. So anyhow, it, it really is plays like that, and and they made some really clutch plays on defense, the kind of clutch plays that we have been waiting to see more regularly from this team. I don't think we can say it's it's a habit yet. It's it's one game, but I think if that's the beginning of something, then there's something there. I think defense is for real. I mean, you can't win a game like that without a terrific effort from your defense because your offense didn't do enough to win. Okay, let's let's just put it out there. The offense did not do enough to win, and that's fine. I mean, they played a backup quarterback. But but Matt Gay needing to kick four kicks of 50 yards or longer tells you that the offense did not perform well because that was as far as they could drive the football. And that's why he's here. That's exactly yeah. why he's here. Yeah. So anyway, they're an imperfect team. Okay. Let's no, don't get it twisted. They are a flawed team. They got a lot of issues, but the arrows up. I see some good things. 
Stephen Holder of ESPN.com with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I felt compelled to ask you this because I haven't brought it up yet today. But among games we have witnessed in the past that, shall we say, would be oddly officiated, that yesterday seemed to be to me at the top of the list. you agree? There was a lot going on. <laughs> there was a lot going on. And I think at the top of the list is – the scenario at the end of regulation where Lamar Jackson gets sacked by Quiddy Pay. I just detailed this. It's on my Twitter feed. I got the yeah. film of it. And I, well, here's a couple of things. Number one, so Quiddy Pay, I think there's, uh, I'd have to look at it, but I think there's maybe a minute left. Um, and Quiddy Pay runs him down from behind. It's a sack. It's ruled on the field down by contact. Lamar right. tries to flick the ball out of bounds to get a, you know, to, to throw it away. Now, they rule his knee is down, so it, the throwaway doesn't count. Now, here's the thing. They go and they review that to see if his knee's down. That sounds reasonable. Okay, here's the problem. As far as I can tell, down by contact is not reviewable. Now, that's a booth review. It wasn't a challenge, but I don't think that changes whether or not you can or, or cannot review something. So they reviewed a play that they weren't supposed to review. Stopped the clock, by the way, because the sack keeps the clock rolling. They stop the clock. They review the thing that they're not supposed to review. (laughs) And then they give them the ball and say, okay, go ahead and snap the ball whenever you're ready. You're you're good. So what happens? The the Ravens have two or three more plays. They get in position to kick that 61-yard field goal. And just, you know, the football gods – uh, had Justin Tucker somehow missed that thing. But that could have been the game, literally the game. And so, yeah, the, the Colts were really flabbergasted about that one. So, But it, I don't think that was the only play. I mean, there were a lot of – Well, I mean, Quiddy Pay had a face mask that wasn't called. Um, yeah, EJ, yeah, EJ Speed sure. clearly interfilled, or interfered, I should say, was had a good hook and hold going on there with a the play he made as well. So I, I, I thought I wasn't well, I got saying – a counterpoint on that. Okay. I got a counterpoint on the EJ Speed and, and, you, and you can't. I just thought that it was it was <laughs> yeah, oddly it was officiated. It, it seemed like that they let a crap load go to me yesterday. That's fair. I think that is fair. And, and that's why maybe the, the EJ Speed play was not – out of the the norm for that particular game. Uh, I thought it was a bang, a little bit bang, bang. He was maybe early, but I think in the situation, I don't think you can necessarily count on getting that call. You know, I'm talking about last minute game on the line overtime. I mean, they're going to, they're going to kind of swallow the whistle in those situations, you know, when it's, when it's close. And I think that one was close. I think calling it would, I wouldn't have, protested or anything but um, but I'm not surprised they didn't call it but anyhow to your point yeah there was a lot going on from an officiating perspective in that game and it was also just kind of a messy game too you know there was a lot of just a, a lot of like uh, there, there wasn't a lot of clean play in that game I guess is what I'm saying so you know maybe that that kind of day I suppose Stephen Holder ESPN.com Colts over the Ravens yesterday and at 2-1 and one and leading the AFC South, we'll uh, get the Rams coming up here on Sunday at 1 o'clock at Lucas Oil Stadium. Stevens via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Yeah, I mentioned this, too, and I, I haven't 
at all done a deep dive on this, and it's one game, and this is just how we react sometimes. But um, Matt Gay, um, as of right now, as of that game yesterday, as good a free agent signing as as Ballard has had. I think a lot of people would agree with that statement right now, even with a small thumbnail sketch of a career so far, Dindy. You know, I always thought that they would be a team that had some trouble, you know, really lighting up the scoreboard this year. I mean, you know, even even when Anthony Richardson plays, I mean, you know, he's he's still learning. It's going to be a process. You know, I don't think they – I never envisioned them being some team that was going to, you know, put up 30 points a, a game or something. So I always thought that, that Matt Gay might have a chance to have a big impact. Look, we know what the other end of that can be. Okay, we saw it early last season. We know what what can happen when you have close games and you can't count on your kicker. I mean, there were times in that, that Houston opener last season where, I mean, Frank Reich had to basically coach around his kicker. I mean, that's, that's a terrible place to be. So they are now in a situation where the coach doesn't really have to be overly aggressive at times you know, because he can count on the kicker to, to make the kicks. And so that is everything, man. That that especially in a game like that, that won't that won't work for every game, okay? But if your defense is playing the way it was yesterday, you know sometimes a kicker, you know, having a a big day can be enough. So I wouldn't count on it working every week, but but sometimes you play one of those you know wet games where it's a defensive struggle and and points are hard to come by. You know if you, you if you ugly up the game. You know, that's where your kicker can come in big for you. We're getting ready to carve out a story that had the uh, a lot of references to Gardner Minshew stepping out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good. It was almost like that worked line, out. Yeah, the way the, the way the, the way the clock was reset and the way ultimately Baltimore handled that, it was almost yeah. like it, it. I mean, it wasn't a bad thing. You know, which <laughs> is weird. That. I know. And I'm not I mean, sitting listen, here getting all stoked up and smoking some up right here or anything like that. It's kind of what it, the way yeah. that it felt at home watching it. No, you're right. And and look, they they so then they go and they kick it, and they were you know they were trying to figure out like can we on? I guess you can onside. Yeah. Um, on, on the free kick, I, I can't lie. So, I kind of wanted to see how that would work too, but I have no idea how you do that. But <laughs> apparently, it's there's a way to do it. Now the odds of it succeeding are probably minimal if if not nil okay but apparently that is within the rules uh here's the thing so they just they, they just kick the thing and just punt it down there and they fair catch it and so you know that was not a great decision you know from all from all appearances so it, it did work out there's no doubt about it but i i also think the the colts while while the colts did get some good fortune they made some plays there that i think you can build on in terms of like when you talk about trying to build a winning culture and, you know, Shane Steichen was asked about this today, you know, they, they didn't win a lot last year. And I think, you know, the, the, sometimes the line is so thin, you know, between winning and losing. Like I talked about that play with Quentin Nelson earlier and, and just the, the kinds of plays like, like Quiddy, Quiddy pay hustling and running down Lamar Jackson, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, the play's going away from you in a case like that, right? Maybe you, maybe, maybe you just let up a little bit and you're like, this ain't my play. You know, this, this is for somebody else to make. And he keeps coming and he, and he gets him and he, he sacks him from behind. I mean, 
probably the fastest quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, again, there was some there was some nonsensical stuff going on, and they got some breaks and all of that. But they also made some of their breaks too. So I give them credit. Um, Stephen Holder is with us. Michael Pittman Jr. with an incredible catch as his helmet was being ripped off his head. Um, and on the other hand, Alec Pierce, listen, there was a play on the ball made there. It would have been a fantastic catch. Is that one that you look back where because his hands would have been on it? Who knows if, if he'd have come down in bounds or not, but because he got his hands on it, is that one that you absolutely have to have? And how you view Alec Pierce to this point? Now, which one are we talking about? The, the, the one late, the, the one time? late in the game, where it was it, there was a play in the ball May. I think yeah. the defender actually got his hands in there and kind of knocked it away. But everybody oh, was telling you. me how they felt he should have caught that, and I just kind of wondered what you what you thought about that moment and what you thought yeah. about his level of play to this point, because clearly they need more. Clearly, it would have been a tough. It would have been a tough catch. Yeah. Okay, let's establish that. It would have been a tough catch. I think this is one of those cases where you can you can just say it's cliche, but you can say the other guys get paid too. And and that was sometimes just the way it goes. I think that's one of those. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't make a spectacular play. And and the, the good ones do. They just do. I mean, Michael Pittman's play, different type of situation. No one got a hand on the ball necessarily. But uh, those high-pressure situations where you're under duress, you know, can you come up with the football? I, I think when you are truly, you know, a, you know, a, a top tier guy, you, you make those catches. Look, I'm a big Michael Pittman guy. Let me just go on the record and say that I, this is not new for me. I've always thought that. I, I do think that it's fair to quibble about whether he's a number one or number two. And I think his his experience so far in his career with with quarterbacks have have impacted you know how he has performed and how we perceive him i think that's true so i don't know if he were if he were in cincinnati or buffalo or somewhere else would he have you know sort of established himself more as a number one it's possible i think that's very possible but we you know we don't know that's a that's a hypothetical all i can say though is we can argue about that but what we cannot argue about is whether this guy has heart and whether this guy has toughness he is, I think, the kind of player, I don't care what you categorize him as, it doesn't matter, I don't give a damn. You just want him on your team. You want him on your team because he is going to make the plays that, that some guys are scared to make, frankly. So I give him a lot of credit. He, he helped him big time yesterday. Stephen Holder joins us. I brought this up and then a little bit of pushback on it in terms of Isaiah McKenzie um, and that whole fiasco of not fielding the punt. But that was during the game uh, and late in the game, as we saw. That was that disastrous the possession that ended with Minshew stepping out of, out of the back of the end zone, which actually worked out considering the direction they were going. I think that one also had a couple of uh, Braden Smith missed cues in it as well, and we can speak to that in a moment. But I am curious, does it seem to you with Daryl Baker Jr. and even prior to that, a guy that cleared waivers today, Deion Jackson, who was the week one starter in the backfield for the Colts, does Shane Steichen, is he showing everybody a level of accountability that rarely we saw from Frank Reich? Is that a fair statement? Um, kind of, kind of. Now, I don't want to go too far with it, and here's why. Because those guys, I don't think, were ever intended to be starters. They they were asked. Easily replaceable is what you're saying here. Well, I mean, look, take Deion Jackson, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. it was supposed to be Zach Moss all along. 
and obviously, and then he came back a week later, Taylor. which made that easy, that decision easier. Ultimately, yeah. like, it was supposed to be Jonathan Taylor. Okay, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, Deion Jackson's number three. He was, he was at best, he was number three, and then certainly they had other options, and that would have sorted itself out. But I think what you had there was two guys who were put in positions they they should not have been in. Deion Jackson wasn't really, I think, capable of of carrying the load of number one running back. And Daryl Baker wasn't a starting corner, so I think they they corrected those two things. So is it is it accountability or is it just uh, we have better options and we're going to play them? I, I think it was that, you know. And frankly, look, Juju Brents is a high second round pick. I mean, he should win that. He should. I think it just it was going to take time, and and thankfully for for Juju and for the Colts' sake, you know, he has he has come along. Uh, that was a great debut for him. You know, we, we need to see him in a more, you know, more traditional game with, you know, where, where there's, you know, more of a drop back passer. And, you know, Lamar was kind of all over the place yesterday. But so we'll see. He'll get tested more in the weeks to come. But I, I think that's a big game for his confidence yesterday uh, with, with Juju Brents. Well, what I'll say, though, going back to your original question about accountability, I, again, I think this is really just a, a matter of, like, those guys shouldn't have been in there to begin with. But I also do think it – it still probably gets people's attention on the roster. You know, uh, I don't think it went unnoticed. Let's put it that way. And and you understand that you got to step up. So I don't think that's ever a bad thing. That's uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN, ESPN.com, writes for gutting the Colts via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What was, um, I guess this is twofold here. You can explain it however you feel comfortable. The, the reason why it took a couple of weeks for Juju Brents to become activated meaning they had trust in him being out there because it, it, I mean yesterday he kind of performed to a level in which you thought okay why wasn't he out there before yeah. so what was going on there behind the scenes well I, I think they liked how the other guys practiced throughout training camp and and how they performed in, in the preseason and they they thought you know look let's let's not give the rookie too much too soon I, I understand that on some level I do I, I think it if you have the luxury, that's great. But I, I thought last week it was very clear they did not have that luxury. Now they were able to overcome that and win in spite of it last week. But you know, I, I, I'm just glad they they realized it and and dealt with the situation. But all I can tell you is I, I would say for Juju Brents, it really was just time on task. You know he he missed so much time in the off season and training camp, and I, I think that, that position. There is a lot to learn, uh, particularly, and I don't know what style of coverages they played uh, on his college team necessarily, but there are a lot of rules that you have to understand, you know, if this, then that. And, and, and those things take time, you know, to, to really understand and, and react on the fly and, and, and also while they're trying to disguise coverages and all these kinds of things. So, you know, they're asking a lot of these these cornerbacks, and that's really what it boils down to. They just they didn't want to put him out there before he was before he was ready. But I think two things happened: there was a need. They had to fast track him, and number two, uh, he 
caught up quickly enough that they felt comfortable enough to put him out there. So it all worked out. So Zach Moss has been really good uh, again the last two weeks and, and been as, to me, as crucial as any portion of this Colts team in their two wins this season. However, once you clear next week with the Rams, what do you think ultimately is going to happen? I, I can't get past the fact to where I, the alternative has to be his return. Right and getting Jonathan back in Taylor, the swing yeah. of things it's regarding cool. yeah regarding Jonathan. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. to a point now where to say he and I think everybody understands. No, no, I'm talking about Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> but no, I mean he, I mean that's that is like this, that's going to be the only solution here, right? And then, yeah, what do you expect? What do you expect decision wise there to be? Again, we got to go and fast forward past the Rams game, you know, end of the week leading up to, I believe, that being a Titans home date as well. But what's your expectation happens here? I expect that he's going to get out there and start practicing at some point in the near future. I mean, Shane Steichen was asked about it today, and he, he kind of reiterated what he has said and, and said it, I thought, in pretty clear terms. He said, you know, look, Jonathan Taylor will be coming off pup pretty soon here in the next couple of weeks, and, and we'll get him going. So that's the intent on the Colts side. We know that. Uh, I, I think from Jonathan Taylor's perspective, look, I haven't talked to him, but I think he's at a point where, number one, I mean, he, he may still want to get traded, but I don't know if, I don't know if that option is even still on the table. And I'm not even talking about whether the Colts are willing to do it, which is another question. I'm just talking about where do you go? The, the team that was most interested, we know who that team was. That team scored 70 points yesterday and ran for 300 yards. The Miami Dolphins. I mean, what is that? This is the NFL, first of all. Can we just, can we just talk about this for 10 seconds? Sure. 70 points in the NFL? Yeah, 70. Seventy uh, like mid-major college football talent, uh, and then your coach before everything gets started uh, in this this season in training camp, you know, says, "Hey, you know, it was the worst coaching job in the NFL oh, a year no. ago." And Nathaniel Hackett, and that I mean, hey, is that that's like right now saying, "How you like me now?" Yeah, well, <laughs> and and it's not like he's doing great either right now with no. the Jets, I'm sure. But but what you're saying. That that's shit. That's karma. Just getting your ass right there, isn't it? Oh, if you're Sean Payton, don't don't give karma a chance, buddy. <laughs> Come on, it always wins. Yes, man, always. So, and look, I mean, I don't know Sean Payton personally, but like, you know, he, he has he rubbed people the wrong way over the, over the years for sure, right? He's a really spirited guy, really competitive. You know, he's got some edge to him. So <laughs> you know, there, there may be some people out there who enjoyed that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not one of them. I don't, I'm, in, I'm agnostic about the whole thing. I'm just saying it's kind of interesting. I, I didn't watch it. Were they running it up or what? I mean, did they no, just, they just have to score? Dude, the backup quarterback threw a, a 60 yard touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing throwing 60 yards? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd... It's like a homecoming game. Yeah. Come on. I mean, anyway, so that's the team that was, that was most interested in trading for Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I, I mean, on what scenario would you see them giving up anything of value now? Yeah. And I got to tell you, I mean, I still think obviously it's not even a question. I mean, Jonathan Taylor would be, it, w- it would be just wildly successful in that offense. But I mean, Mike McDaniel, he's, his run schemes are so good that, I mean, he's got Raheem, he's got Raheem Mostert out here running for, you know, running for ridiculous yardage and, 
A-Chain, and I mean, like, they're doing fine. So, I mean, their running backs, to their credit, have really responded. They heard that that chatter, too, okay, just to be clear. They, they knew about that chatter about Jonathan Taylor, and they've responded. So give them credit. And, uh, no, I, I think the Dolphins are probably thinking we're just fine. So yeah. I don't know where Jonathan Taylor goes. If, if the trade, if his trade request is something he still wants to see come to fruition, that's fine. But um, I don't know where the options are. So that that's where I think he may just have to say, all right, I'm just going to go out there, I'm going to ball out, and then we'll see what happens. And And I don't know. I, I just – I just think it, at minimum, we kick the can down the road to the spring, and then we figure this stuff out then, I suppose. But but at some point, he's got to play. Yeah. So are we, um, uh, as of Wednesday, we'll be a week away from hearing from Jonathan Taylor? Oh, I don't know about that, but I, I, I would tell you that once he's activated, my first question to the Colts is, okay, well, uh, when's, when's, the, uh, when's the presser? <laughs> I yeah, well, I mean, I, I would assume, right? When, when, when yeah. would you expect him to be? I, I'm, I'm just suggesting that when to me, activated yeah. When, when, when's that expectation? I said a week from Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. He comes. When does he officially come off PUP? Is that uh, he, he can be as activated. of Monday? He can be. It's up to them. Okay, but he can be activated as of Monday. It, it doesn't happen automatically. Let's be clear. All right, so this is important. It doesn't happen automatically. Uh, he can stay on pup next week, the week after that, the week after that. I mean, he can stay on pup indefinitely, uh, but they have to activate you. That is a, a conscious decision that the team has to make. So what they do at that point is uh, you are you're given uh, what it's called a um, an exemption. So he's actually not on the active roster initially. They give you the, the exemption where you can practice. And then once you're ready to play, then you activate the guy. So that's how that works. So you won't technically, if I recall correctly how this works, you won't technically be on the active roster, but you can practice. Right now, he cannot practice by rule. He can't, he can't participate in practice. Once they uh, start that, that, uh, uh, that period, uh, then he can practice, and, and then the team can evaluate him and see whether he's ready to play. And at that point, they activate him. So, yeah, I, I think what we should say to be accurate is that as of Monday, he's eligible to practice. And then it's up to them when they want to activate him. They can activate him Monday. But I'm just saying the first hurdle is get him practice, and then let's see what you look like, and then we go from there. I know Shane Steichen said earlier today to you guys that both Kelly and Richardson still in concussion protocol. Um, What's your expectation of clearance of that? And then I guess even after that, more importantly as well, to get to Sunday and playing, getting back to practice. Well, I'm, I'm less certain about Kelly, but I have every expectation that Anthony Richardson will be out there on Wednesday practicing now, he may be limited because he's still got to check those boxes, you know, where when you're returning from a concussion, there are there's protocol that you have to go through. So whatever. But um, I, I have every expectation that he'll play on Sunday. I mean, that's not a promise, right? I mean, it's still a, a concussion situation and it's neurological and, and you know, they've got to check all those boxes. So that will still have to happen. And, and, I, and none of us have any control over that and no, none of us can predict that but but he's doing well from all indications and I feel pretty good about him uh playing on Sunday look I mean he he made the trip 
So, you know, he, he took the flight home, the flight out to Baltimore and all that. I mean, I've seen guys with bad concussions, and I hesitate to even, like, speculate on these things because what is a bad concussion versus a mild concussion? I don't even think we know. But but there have certainly been guys who have had, you know, severe concussions, and you didn't see them for a while in, in some cases. You know, Anthony was at the facility last Tuesday working on the game plan like he was going to play on Sunday. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's a guy who was – business as usual almost to some degree, you know, early in the week before they, I, I think it appears at least, you know, kind of made the decision to be conservative and keep them out. Well, at least they're not going to have to match up defensively against the invisible, apparently Kyle Hamilton, like yesterday. He was just running around invisible. I've never seen Kyle Hamilton. I don't even know what he looks like. <laughs> I just he had three sacks, but no one saw him. Apparently, and flying all over the place. Well, he's it, it's going to be weird. They they lose, but there's no way he's not defensive player of the week in the NFL, right? Right, exactly. You know, so. I do think though that it'll be interesting to see whether teams can can use that kind of tactic against Anthony Richardson. Not because he's so much smarter and he'll see the blitz. I mean, he may or may not. I don't know. But my point is, there's just more. The, the Colts have more options when he's in the game in terms of how they conduct themselves with RPO or read option or what have you. Uh, when it's going to be straight drop back or hand off, as it is with Gardner Minshew, there's no option C. You know what I'm saying? So if you're the defense, it's a more predictable situation. And I think you can – you can send that pressure like that. I'm not saying they won't blitz Anthony Richardson. I mean, teams already have. But I, I just don't think it's going to be – I don't think it, they'll be as liberal, or at least they have to think about it, you know? So it'll be interesting to see, you know, because you, you typically want to really pressure young quarterbacks and throw a lot at them. But, you know, this guy, you know, he gives you something to think about too. Appreciate you as always, and uh, we'll catch catch you next Monday and see where we are regarding going down the path to Jonathan Taylor possibilities. Stephen, I appreciate you. Okay, you got it. Stephen Older, VSPN.com, via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'm over. We'll take a break, come back. Somebody's going to win some bullseye passes and more of your calls next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You are more reptile than man, George. So low and flat that the foot of man is incapable of crushing you. How dare you? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I went to Brown County Music Center this past Friday night. Thank you to uh, Christian Webb, Bob Kravitz, Chris Hagen attended. What a great venue. Psychedelic Furs squeeze outstanding on Friday night. Uh, so thank you, Christian. And if you ever have an opportunity to check anything out at the Brown County Music Center, do so. Also, a shout out to Frenchie's Pub in Morgantown. We stopped there on the way home and had an outstanding time there, too. That's Frenchie's Pub in Morgantown, where I promised them that I would tell Brent Halverson that maybe we can get a tavern tour stop in Morgantown at Frenchie's Pub one of these days. But no, nah, outstanding Friday night with Hagen and uh, Kravitz. For sure. 
Uh, 239-1070 is the number. This portion of the show brought to you by Winshuler. Spreadable cheeses, the flavors, original cheddar, cheddar bacon, sharp cheddar, and pepper jack. It is spreadability that matters, is it not? With your cheese and your snacks. The official sponsor of the Lounge via YouTube Live and this show Monday through Friday. That's Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses. For recipes and more, that's winshulers.com today. 239-1070. Fulton is next on the show. Hello, Fulton. Hello, J- uh, JV. How are you? Uh, JV is outstanding. I talked okay. in the third uh, person right there, too. Yeah. It makes it even better. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I've got a question for the Colts. Yes. They, they actually won the um, first seed for their division for the AFC South. So um, do you think if they could win every single game yeah. where they make it to the playoffs? I think there's a pretty good chance if they were to be able to do that, they'd make it to the postseason, Fulton. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. What else you got, Fulton? Well, let's see. Um, <laughs> I, well, got, if you don't have anything, that's okay. I can move yeah, on. I just wanted I've to got, give you the option. I've got yeah. everything. I've got a full plan. But we had a um, softball uh, for Hebda County for Special Olympics. And we're the state champion. So. Well done, Fulton. Um, well yeah. done. What's the name of your team? Uh, we'll call the uh, Rockin' Rookies. The Rockin' Rookies. Well, I'll tell you what. The mm-hmm. Rockin' Rookies, Fulton, the official softball team of this show. Okay? Tell everybody. Okay? So, yep. oh, it almost sounded like you didn't want that for minutes. minute. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> I don't know. But no, Fulton, the best of luck to the Rockin' Rookies. We're all backing you. Thank you very much. You got it. That's Fulton right there, everybody. The Rockin' Rookies. The official softball team of this show. Chris is up next. Chris, go ahead. Hello, Chris. All right, Chris. Hold down that Ford on line three here for a moment. Dave's up next on line four. Dave, talk to me. Yeah, I, I want to talk about IU football. No, please, because, yeah, we're all very excited about this. Let's do it. Come on, Dave. Let's go. I'm excited that Tom uh, Allen hasn't figured out he can't make a fourth and one doing anything. <laughs> and why he keeps trying is beyond me. I, I'm, I'm, you know, he needs help. Well, he's got help in Walt Bell, which clearly that's not helping. So, yes. Well, I don't know if he's not taking any advice or he's just blind to the fact that they cannot run the ball up the gut, and that's it. I so think, why don't you just move on and do something different? Yeah, Dave, I, I think also that they just um, uh, they just kind of stink. You know, they just kind of stink. I think that's part of you it, know, too. Yeah. It's a shame because a lot of those kids are playing their heart out, and uh, he doesn't even want to win. He doesn't even – he just doesn't want to lose bad. That's all. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was funny too. And thank you for the call, Dave. Only IU could win a game and have everybody rip on them. Only it's, that is IU football in a nutshell. You win a game and everybody's ripping on you. 
J-Law was there and had an outstanding time. He got down there to tailgate probably around 3 or 4 in the afternoon and got back to his in- incredible mansion in Noblesville at about 2.30 in the morning. Great time had by all, right? Yeah, we had a good time with it, except we had a medical emergency at our tailgate, but the other than that, Uh-oh. Was in fact, what was the, the what was the medical the emergency? What did it? Was it bad? Just, um, was it bad? Yeah, it could, it potentially could have been. Okay, well, I don't want to make. I was gonna. I was gonna make a lot. If it wasn't as bad, it was. <laughs> if it was alcohol related, I was gonna make light of it with an IU football reference. But since it sounds bad, then I won't. Yes. Yeah, but it, you know, he's all good. He's all good. So, okay, well, good. But, uh, I got down there about noon. I got down there about noon. It was a seven and a half hour tailgating. So he he's all good. Did he did he have to watch the game? Yeah, he he made it to the game and everything. So I mean, he chilled out and uh, okay. Took, uh, did relaxed that did that make his condition worse? Maybe but we stayed <laughs> to the last second too. Oh my god! I mean, it was. It was <laughs> well, I mean, I guess he got had to, but yeah, yeah. John, uh, I just don't. I'm a huge IU fan, and I'm grateful for the W. But man, I'll tell you what. Brutal. Brutal. It's brutal. Yes. It is brutal. It is. And and like I said, it it's the IU football program where they could win a game and be described as such right now. That's that's IU football in a nutshell. Yeah, we, we find a way to make it interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, interesting. Yes. No doubt. <laughs> J Law, I'm glad you got home. Take care, buddy. Take it easy. Yeah. Uh Brandon Reef says, so do we put dirt? On to the Reds right now, do we concede? Well, I think you know me. I I have I've been I've known what was coming. And I've tried my my damnedest not uh, not to make it affect I mean Saturday was really hard because Saturday was stupid embarrassing. I just sit here before you, Brandon. I sit here before you talking on the radio, and I hope to see a day, a day like next year, opening day, where I no longer have to hear anything about Lucas Farmer or Buck Sims or Lucas Sims or Buck Farmer or Morgan Fairchild or Stuart. I can hear about Morgan Fairchild. I'll be cool with that. Stuart Fairchild. I long for the day in which... I'll finally understand how to pronounce Gabal's name, Jabalt or Giblet or whatever. I don't have to hear him anymore. I, mean, I long for the day in which those names are no longer a part of my favorite baseball team. I'm always going to be a fan. Colts Happy Hour, top of the hour. Your calls to close out, 239-1070. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, eh? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I got a big announcement coming up tomorrow. You guys are going to love it, I promise. Colts Roundtable Live, top of the hour. Thank you very much over there, James. I will read whatever is put in front of me, just like Anchorman. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Colts Roundtable Live coming up. JMV, are you really this big of a Reds fan? I almost at one point purchased a Rolando Rooms jersey. I believe that was back in the early 90s. So, yeah. Yeah, I am. And I still love the big red machine. And I was five and six when they were dominating in the fashion in which they did. So, yeah, I guess I am. I remember Gary Reedus. So, yeah, I guess I am. I remember once upon a time when I enjoyed watching Bip Roberts playing left field or really all over the field. So, yeah, I guess I am. Colts beat Baltimore yesterday. A 1 o'clock Rams and Colts coming up on Sunday, week number four. Jonah is back with us at 239-1070. Hello, Jonah. So I heard you say earlier in the show, it's just a pick above suck. Well, hopefully I can end your show not sucky at all. <laughs> How are you doing, Jamie? <laughs> I'm great, buddy. Good to hear from you, man. Hey, you know what? It's good to be back on and for uh, for a good season and a great win yesterday. I even said it. I thought this is the toughest game of the year for the Colts, especially on the road. And the fact that they came out with this win, it was a hard-fought win, but, you know, we still did it nonetheless. And uh, I just kind of came into the season hoping that the Colts would progress, especially with these young guys and a new quarterback, new coach. And, you know, that's the number one thing I, I hope for. But looking at the schedule, JMV, I I wouldn't be just surprised if they somehow pull off. Uh, you can look, uh, Jody, division. you can look at that upcoming schedule, get yourself a little bit of a sports arousal around here as a Colts fan. Oh, yes, absolutely. you can. Hey, Jody, I'm going to give you more time tomorrow. Call back in tomorrow. i got to hit the top of the okay. hour here, okay? Call back Thank in tomorrow. Jody, great hearing from you. I know, look ahead to that schedule, Colts fans. It, you can get a bit of a semi right here if you're not careful. Sports arousal-wise. <laughs> hey, Bullseye, number 9, 239-1070. You guys want to go on Sunday? You better. All you can eat, all you can drink. Bullseyeeventgroup.com. Colts VIP tailgate presented by Hayes and Sons Restoration. Number 9 is going to go on me. Yeah, semi. Look it up, all right? I don't have time to tell you right now. You guys have been fantastic today inside the lounge via YouTube Live. The Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge via YouTube Live. James, great job from you, too. Stephen Holder, if you missed any of it, podcast1075fan.com. Colts Roundtable Live. And uh, I'll be off to Twitter to explain what I meant by uh, semi-sports arousal. It's coming up next. 93.5107 by the fan. Have a great night.